Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. Two divine encounters happen. Well, yesterday we saw how Ananias believed what the Lord had said to him and he went and lay hands on Saul, this man who'd been persecuting the early believers. We are, of course, going through the Acts of the Apostles, Colin. Today, in chapter 10, another divine encounter. Well, everything that we've been looking at in these early chapters of Acts is just full of God's supernatural, spiritual events. These these people in the early church were living in this sort of almost totally different supernatural dimension than anything that they had known before. And of course, this is God's purpose for his church today. We must remember that, that these scriptures are written for our learning so that we can understand this is God's purpose for his church today. And nothing less than this, that we are living in the supernatural events of God's purpose, because God will only fulfill his purpose supernaturally, because his Holy Spirit is supernatural. He is beyond the natural. He is God. Yesterday, we, well, I half mentioned that Ananias could have said no, and said, I'm not going to go and see that man. So do you think maybe too often we say no to God then? That's what... Well, I think a lot of people do, but you know, um, God knows what he's doing. He wouldn't have asked Ananias to go if he knew that Ananias wouldn't have gone. He knew he could trust him to he do knew the job. He, well, yes, because God can always see the end from the beginning. So when he speaks to someone, he always knows what the outcome will be. And we were, we were looking at Saul's conversion. But um, Saul, you see, I think was like many people today. How many times had God spoken to Saul before the conversion on the road to Damascus? I mean, just think for a moment. He was present at Stephen's death. Now, God was certainly speaking through that event, through what Saul witnessed. But um, Saul had arrested and interrogated, we don't know how many Christians, but obviously many Christians, because otherwise he wouldn't have been given authority to go to Damascus and begin to persecute the church there if that was not the case. How many of those Christians said to Saul, Saul, Jesus is your Messiah. Jesus wants you to put your faith in him. Jesus wants to deliver you from from the religious legalism and bondage you're in, and he wants to give you the fullness of his life. How many times had he heard things like that and sort of put his hands over his ears and said, quiet, I don't want to hear that. I want you to renounce this man. How many times has he heard the gospel, really, before he actually submitted to Jesus? Well, we don't know the answer to that. We can only surmise. But, you see, God knew that in the end, he would get his way with Saul, not through the witness and testimony of others, but he would need a divine encounter to actually bring him to the point where he could become the great apostle. Because those that God uses in true apostolic ministry like this do have great encounters with God. They need to. God God doesn't give people wonderful experiences just for the sake of having them. 
But if people need them, and Saul needed this as as part of God's progressive purpose in his life to make him the great apostle. So, um, you know, you see in all these events the sovereign hand of God upon everything. God is orchestrating things. God is working out his purpose. And so we, we come today to chapter 10 in, in the book of Acts. And uh, this is the, the, the story of, or the event when Cornelius, who was a Roman centurion, sends to Peter because he wants Peter to come to his house in Caesarea to tell them all about Jesus. Now, as we look at the, the details of this, we will see what it took to shake Peter out of his narrow thinking that the gospel was just for the Jews into being prepared to take it to the Gentiles. Now, this is surprising when he was present when Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every nation. He knew what the commission on the church was. But still, at this time, the, um, the church was very largely Jewish and contained within Jewish communities. When did this happen? Now, from the references that we've got here in the Acts of the Apostles, we can't be sure. But we do know this, that it would have happened between seven and 12 years after Pentecost, when they first received the Spirit. Now, let's sort of cut the difference and say that this event happened about 10 years. So years have passed since Peter and the others first received the Spirit. We're only in chapter 10, but we don't think of this having taken place years after that initial coming of the Spirit upon them. But nevertheless, that is the reality. And during those years, they'd been building the church in Jerusalem, they'd been preaching to the Jews uh, in other cities and other places, but the church was still predominantly Jewish. Now, God has had his encounter with Saul, but he takes Saul off away for a couple of years to teach him and to preach the gospel before he comes back into focus as the great apostle to the Gentiles. Meanwhile, God has to force these early apostles out of their narrow thinking saying, come on, my commission is to take the gospel to the nations, not just to one nation. So Cornelius is this God-fearing man, which meant that he respected the God, he believed in the God of the Jews rather than in the Roman gods. Uh, 
it says in verse 2 of chapter 10, he and all his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. One day at about three in the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius. Cornelius stared at him in fear. I mean, God's, the, the, the man is seeing angels now. Uh, you see the supernatural again, right? What is it, Lord, he asked. The angel answered, your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as memorial offerings before God. Now send men to Joppa to bring back a a man named Simon, who is called Peter. He is staying with Simon the Tanner, whose house is by the sea. Now, he's having this divine encounter. At the same time, uh, about noon the following day, you know, while the people are on their way to, um, to, to fetch Peter. On the following day, as, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray. There, of course, there were flat roofs, and this is where you went when you wanted a bit of solitary. He became hungry and wanted something to eat. And while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. Now, that's, you know, he was just in the spirit. And he has a vision. See, the supernatural is happening again. He saw heaven opened and something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals as well as reptiles of the earth and birds of the air. Then a voice told him, get up, Peter, kill and eat. Surely not, Lord. He's still arguing with him, isn't he? Just like he was at the Caesarea Philippi. I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. The voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. Now, what's happening? God is redefining what Peter has believed. He's held on to the traditions of the past. Now he's got to have a new mindset. But it didn't happen once. This happened three times. Three times he needs this this vision to be repeated. And immediately the sheet was taken back to heaven. Now, while Peter was, was trying to work out what all this meant, uh, the, the people from Caesarea arrive. We have come from Cornelius the Centurion. He's a righteous and God-fearing man who is respected by all the Jewish people. A holy angel told him to have you come to his house so that he could hear what you have to say. So Peter knows he has to go. Now, for a Jew to enter into a Gentile's house would make him unclean. This was going against everything that Peter had believed, everything that Peter had taught and lived by. But God was saying to him, listen, Peter, everything is redefined now. You're in the kingdom. You've got to have a much more expansive faith, expansive vision for what I want to do and what I want to do even through you. So he goes. And he says when he arrives, you are well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate with a Gentile or visit him. But God has shown me that I should not call any man impure or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without raising any objection. And then he begins to speak and to tell them all about the gospel. And even as he's speaking, the spirit of God falls upon Cornelius and the others with him. And that was to get Peter into a whole heap of trouble. You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 